0: Welcome to Between the Gutters, where we talk about the stories within the panels. I'm your co-host, Albert, and with us is our other co-host.
1: I'm Drew. What's happening, hello. Inbetweeners?
0: Hello, everyone. And today we've got our uh, special contributor, our longtime friend and pal, and, uh, you know, fellow enthusiast, uh, Justin Chuan. Say hello there.
2: Hello there. Enthusiast? I, I don't know the, about that pronunciation and the... the um... Is there is there a reason why you you uh, accented asked at
0: the end of that? uh There is no particular reason. It's just how I pronounce things. Uh, Albert okay. has a unique was, way of pronouncing
1: words. Like he exactly, always says debris instead of debris.
0: Exactly. I was struck in okay. the head with a piece of debris, and I I've developed a speech impediment ever since then. And some might even say a logic impediment, but you know. Oh, that's
2: really sad. That's tragic. Uh, no, but I'll it take...
0: isn't. For comedy, everything is gold.
2: Okay, cool, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. That's right. That's right. Don't try to stunt me. Come on, man. That that the best you got. You gonna come at me?
1: <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess he's not gonna come at you. Yeah. I'm not, no. I was
0: waiting for for coming at me, and uh, the coming at me never came.
1: He laughed at you, so. Uh... That's a little disrespectful. That's he dismissed true. you, treated you as a child, That's patted true. you on the
0: head. I can always make up for that, though. I know where he lives, and I can always stick my wiener through his mail slot and pee into his garage. Wow.
2: Okay, maybe we should talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you come
0: at the king, you best not miss. Uh So, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about our Shang-Chi autopsy, or our Shang-topsy, our Chi-topsy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Shang-topsy. Shang-topsy, exactly. We, uh... Last week we went over the character that was gonna be in the movie, and uh, this week we finally got a chance to see what the final product of the movie was like. And we've decided to do an episode where we go over the things we liked about it, the things we didn't like quite as much, and just what our final thoughts on the on the movie are. Mm-hmm. How'd that how sound that sound to sounds- you guys?
2: Yeah. Uh, how? What's my perspective on it? Like, where where should I be coming from? Because I don't. I don't. You should just come
0: from your thing. perspective. Just. You know, whatever it may be, okay. like, I, I don't think we need you to fill any sort of a certain role except just to provide input as an enthusiast. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing about Justin that
1: I, I think we can reveal to the audience is that, Justin, you're not really super deep into Marvel Comics or even the MCU in general, right? Like you haven't watched every single Marvel movie religiously or anything like that. You just kind of check
0: out the ones that interest you.
2: Yeah, that's very true. So, yeah, some like the, might
0: even say that Marvel movies may be beneath you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
2: I wouldn't say that at all. Really? No. Really? I huh?
0: Cause, no, cause I, 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 I thought
1: you weren't necessarily big on movies. You were, I thought you were really into cinema. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You're a cinema file. Yeah.
2: You might have mistaken me for Martin Scorsese, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I try to watch a lot of movies. I wouldn't call myself a cinephile. I haven't watched that many movies lately, so, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Well, we were thinking you could be our man on the street. Uh, You know, just uh, your average Joe who might have a peripheral uh, connection. Justin's above average. Oh, okay. You're our above average, average man on the street.
2: Thanks. That's, That's really nice of you guys. Um,
0: yeah, I try to be as backhanded with my compliments as possible. <laughs> that was a compliment? <laughs> In some circles.
2: Well, I, I can also uh, contribute um, through the lens of uh, being an Asian American as well. Um, I'm part of this organization called We Are Half the World, uh, WOW for short. Um, and like what we want to do is uh, cultivate empathy for the Asian Im- immigrant experience. Um so yeah, maybe maybe that's where I can also contribute.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's some good stuff, especially uh, poignant and relevant to the film in question. So it's it's definitely a good, useful perspective to bring.
1: Yeah, everybody go give Wow a follow on Instagram and find out uh, all the stuff that they're pumping up on their. On their uh, account. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've out... worked with them a few yeah. times ourselves. We're some comic and... book stuff. Anytime you see some comic book stuff on WoW,
0: that's from us. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, do you guys think we should uh, just want to brief free uh, take on it, Albert? Okay, I can I can try to give a brief summation of the of the film itself. Um, you know, and you guys fill in any of the details that I, I miss or uh, details that you feel uh, should be highlighted. Uh, but we're introduced to Shang Chi. Shang in this film, he's a uh, a young a young man whose father is an ancient warlord with ten powerful rings, and at the beginning of the story. He's just a young man living in San Francisco, trying to be as unassuming as possible when he is uh, confronted with assassins who are, I, I guess it's fair to say, there to, to maybe bring him into the fold or there to get his, uh, his negros- appendix that he has in order to use for you know, whatever – I don't even know if it's a ritual – Uh, But we find out later that Shang-Chi is not as as, uh, unassuming as we had thought. He's actually uh, a trained assassin. Uh, You know, his father, as I mentioned, is this long-lived warlord who has sired him and uh, trained him to be, you know, one of the deadliest assassins on the planet, I guess. And... Over the course of the story, uh, we learn that uh Shang-Chi was you know, he had a, a mother who was assassinated because of the sins of his father, and as a result, his family fell apart, and uh, you know, he he was going he was meant to use his skills to assassinate his his mother's killer, but uh eventually he he chose a different path for himself and um he ends up yeah he ends up trying to live this life and uh, ultimately the the original sin of his father comes back to haunt him and they they reconnect uh years later to resolve their issues you know their their personal familial issues as well as their uh whatever you know, whatever the issues regarding uh the plans of his father are uh as as he tries to, you know, build his new empire. Yeah. I I that you know that was the most succinct way I could put it. Uh let me know if you guys feel like there's something you want to mention, if I missed anything, or if you want to correct anything.
1: No, I think that was uh a summary uh of the basic plot of the movie i don't think it's anything i don't think the movie was anything too complex where yeah those are straightforward. those aren't yeah those details aren't really things that that are gonna um you know spoil virgin eyes or anything like that it's it's a pretty straightforward superhero movie yeah with some martial arts elements sprinkled into it and it it's uh yeah I don't I don't think it was anything that really tests the uh, intellect too much in terms of understanding what's going on. But uh, yeah. just generally speaking, I was gonna ask you guys uh, just simple question without diving. I mean, you can answer it however uh, with however much detail as you want, but
0: did you guys like the movie? Well, let's go with Jess first. Um, what are your thoughts?
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I actually really liked the movie. I thought it was really fun. Um, and though it was it wasn't perfect, um, I I I did uh, get a lot of entertainment out of it. I thought the action was great. Um, I liked how they blended the wuxia genre with uh, um you know uh other other subgenres within the the kung fu film uh canon like the jackie chan stuff uh things like that but also on top of that combining that with the uh, uh some of the, the the marvel um um uh stories uh as well and i i think um uh to add uh To that, like even more enjoyment um, that I got out of it was that they um, they left some things for uh, the Asian American audience. I think that that was really important Um, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it later, but that it was really nice because it felt like a movie for our community. And I think that's that might have played a role in um, how uh, how much I enjoyed it. Uh, so mm-hmm. there may be a bias there but uh, overall like if i took that part out I, I i think i would still have fun um watching this movie
0: do you think you could you know for our fans who or our listeners any listeners who might not necessarily uh know too much uh could you but do you think you could give a brief describe a uh, description of wuxiao as a genre
2: yeah uh so I mean, it, you could just, like, think about uh, some of the most famous movies that came out of the genre, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's, like, uh, a movie that was uh, um, lauded internationally, you know, it got a lot of acclaim. I believe it won a few Academy Awards as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of a fantastical, uh, built uh, in a world where, you know, uh, there, there's these martial artists that that fly like around like trees, and you kind of see that they're they're almost like superhuman mm-hmm. um, bending the laws of physics. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, and that that uh, that that uh, popularity uh, continued. You know, with like Hero, um, which a uh, Zhang Yimou movie uh, that came a few years after. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it's uh it's really great to to see that um chi uh play, paid homage to that um that history um it's cool to see okay okay um yeah
0: like uh, yeah um thinking back on it now uh i i'd say if i had to be perfectly honest i liked half of it you know and maybe it's not necessarily a first half or the second half sort of thing it it might just be uh various elements of it that i respected and enjoyed uh i'd probably say that there were more things in the first half that i was drawn to and uh yeah and I'd say that there are things in the second half that i I took issue with um mm-hmm. and you know listening to to what you were saying, Justin, about you know whatever bias I might have gone the other way with my bias in the sense that as an Asian myself and as someone who also reads a lot of comic books, there's I think I might have had higher expectations and there's a chance I could be even harder on this film because of those expectations uh because of what I was hoping to see so uh I'm not going to completely discount that as a possibility for you know the reasons why I didn't like the things that I didn't like about the film but there it's it's certainly there um and yeah and i'll you know we'll we'll discuss it more as we get into spoilers and you know really mm-hmm. do a deep dive into it yeah i was i was going to say i i think
1: you might be pretty harsh on it uh i mean after we we watched the film yesterday we we did talk a little bit afterwards um and i i don't know i i think i just got the sense that you were more displeased than pleased with it, but I was also thinking that that's a very Albert thing of you, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but it's also it is it is an Asian thing also because Asian parents are hard on the children, man. And <laughs> you want to change you want to Chang Chi to be your baby, man. Like it's almost like you want this movie to be good, even though you. I mean, last week you were saying you didn't really care about Shang-Chi at all when you were reading comics as a kid and you didn't even read his stuff until, you know, you got older. So so that, that uh, I guess, the nostalgia factor wasn't really a role. I, I have the sense that for you, maybe because it was something that was geared towards Asian Americans, maybe that's why you held it to greater scrutiny. Is, is that... Accurate at all, Albert? How's my uh, armchair
0: psychology? It's like I said, I won't discount that as a possibility. Like, I think... I mean, we joke around a lot on the podcast about how much I hate things. I'm pretty... I think overall, generally speaking, I'm pretty... uh, I'm pretty whatever about most things, I, I would say. most Most of the times... Most things don't really bother me so much. I just like the theatrics of pretending to be outraged, or the comedy that ensues from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but in in this case, in particular, again, I'm I'm keeping an open mind. There's a chance that uh, I, I acknowledge that there might be some emotional part of me that is taking. I don't want to say offense, but but is is taking extra scrutiny towards towards it. But I do feel like the things that I did take issue with, well, some of the things that I took issue with didn't really have anything to do with the fact that he was Asian or that it was a story for Asians. I mean, they were things that, at least in my eyes, I think they're legitimate things, legitimate gripes. Mhm. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: I agree. I will say also as as
1: a as an impartial uh not necessarily observer but as an impartial conversationist with you uh conversationalist with you. I remember after we uh watched Black Widow uh and we talked about that before recording the podcast. I felt like you had a lot more energy and fire talking about Shang-Chi for whatever reason, maybe it's because there was more things that that stood out to you, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I guess for some reason I, I just got that impression.
0: Um, I think if it had anything to do with anything, it was, I and I did sort of mention this in my Black Widow podcast, or in the Black Widow episode, which was, you know, after having a year of being in COVID and not having any marvel movies or anything of the like i was just one i was I, ju- I i was looking for something to be optimistic about something to be excited for and two yeah you know like uh, like like i mentioned it's it it had been about a year since we'd gotten any marvel or you know superhero uh superhero related content so i just wanted something to be entertained by mm-hmm. and i was just hopeful that yeah shang chi would you know scratch that itch for me mhm
1: yeah 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 i think for me it there there was also k- kind of an element of being like slightly personally invested in hoping that this movie would be great mm-hmm. like i i didn't want it to suck you know like yeah, i wanted yeah, yeah. it to to be great, and I wanted it to I wanted to love it,
0: yeah, no, I get that I get that there was definitely a bit of that too i, yeah. I like i i guess it it's the closest thing to us having any personal stake in any specific marvel property, right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know that is true that is so true. so uh yeah, you know like whatever that tiny teeny tiny degree of uh, investment was emotional investment was it's still more than you know it's still a degree more than yeah exactly exactly so you know yeah don't love anything if it breaks your heart (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that would have that would have been sad yeah i mean overall it, it didn't break my heart but i don't think i loved it either and i wanted to love it yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying, Albert. Like you love, you liked half of the movie, and you know, it wasn't necessarily the first half, second half, but more just like elements here and there that composed the entirety of the movie. Yeah, and I felt, I felt pretty similar. Like there were things that that irked me while I was watching the movie unfold, uh, and and it wasn't until after after uh, we left the theater and and we were grabbing some food and you were sharing some of the things that you didn't like about it, that the things I realized that the things that irked me are kind of, I should have, I should have been as offended as you were, man. You know, like (laughs) I think, I think you kind of like fed my hate or something.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's good to uh, know that I can have that sort of an effect on the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, whereas initially I was just kind of like irked by something or annoyed by it. You, you helped that blossom into full blown disdain <laughs> so there are there are things definitely things that I really did like about the movie. Yeah. But I I just wish that well it's it's like I was saying when we were talking about Shang Chi the character in our last episode like there's a I have a certain uh, conception of him in my mind. Yeah. And I don't think this movie lived up to that. Uh, I don't think yeah. I don't think it did a very good job of highlighting the elements that make Shang-Chi a worthwhile character you know like it there were some elements where it reached for those heights it reached for for the you know the I would say like the element of him searching for his identity was probably one of the things that I liked the most about the movie and I wish that that had been a greater focus of the story and uh The other thing was like the just the martial arts element like i felt like the few well most of the the action scenes were were well done but i think the there were some things towards the end that uh, you know we'll talk about when we go full spoilers that didn't really excite me too much but overall i was still entertained by the movie uh i i mean if i'm being super honest i'd probably say it's not really a great movie by Marvel's Marvel standards. Mm. I mean, compared to a lot of the other Marvel movies, this is probably more on the lower of the middling end. But I will say yeah. that uh, I liked it more than a lot of Marvel movies, even even though I can recognize that it's probably not as good as a lot of the ones that I like it more than, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And... Well, I had I had another point which I was I was going to make and you know I, I I hope it's it's not taken as me like you know, sliding you or throwing you under the bus or anything. Um, no, you but, can throw me under the, under the bus man. I don't I don't mind. I'm, I I can <laughs> take it. I can take it. You tough, you tough. Um I would say out of the two of us, um I I've often thought that you were certainly more analytical than I was about these things and Probably more of a purist than I was. I'm not a Uh, purist, man. I'm an elitist. (laughs) Right, right. That's true. You are an elitist. Uh, I'm a comic book elitist. But I just feel like when it comes to the subject of, like, the characters as we uh, compare them to their portrayals in, in other media, I've often thought, like, when the question comes up of how does this character like live up to like established lore or, you know, established characteristics of the the original form of the character. Um, that was like, whenever I have these discussions with you, Drew, I always feel like that's something that maybe it's not in the forefront of your analyses of these films, but it is a question that I feel like you ask yourself when you're watching these things, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't think you necessarily would go full blown mouth breather and go Spider-Man would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I do certainly recognize that in your, in, in how you, uh, review these, uh, these films or even any work, uh, that is certainly part of the the thought process when you're when you're viewing it, right yeah, because at the end of the day it's still an adaptation of something yeah, else yeah so and and it certainly has affected how I look at these things um because I catch myself thinking that too now for sure um, fortunately Justin point. doesn't have that problem,
2: yeah, yeah I know. He's it's really interesting. I was gonna say it's really interesting uh, listening to you both uh, talk about this uh, because if you remember um, when we started this conversation, we were talking about how uh, I would I, I was like a cinephile and the Marvel movies were beneath me or whatever. But it seems like you guys have like a lot of hot takes on 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 this movie and um, a lot of opinions, uh, very critical. Um, in fact. And I I think that that's interesting. I can't wait to dive a little bit deeper and talk about these specific things.
1: Yeah, yeah. We will get to that soon. But one thing I wanted to ask you, Justin, before we go into full spoilers, I want to know, before uh, this movie, what did you even know about Shang-Chi, if anything? Or what were your expectations going into the movie?
2: Um, So yeah, I have very little knowledge. Like, I haven't heard I don't think I've heard of this uh, character before I heard about the movie coming out. Um, and I think the only, the only Shang-Chi that I've read was because, uh, it was a, it was just basically a panel, like a couple of panels. Um, and it was because you were working on a post for a while uh, about Jin Yang, so I had to put that oh, together. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that, uh, yeah, I had no no real knowledge of like who this character was, what what he was about, um, um, and my uh, my expectations weren't like uh, like great by any means. I, I think um, a lot of uh, Marvel movies kind of like blend in together. It, it might be because I'm getting older and my memory's not as great, but um, I I can't you know specifically you know, point out a, a, a movie other than maybe like Black Panther where, where, I, where I can say like that, that was like really memorable. Um, so yeah, it, it all kind of comes out in a wash, and that kind of ex- affected my expectations. Like, okay, another Marvel movie. Uh, I'm sure I'll have fun for a couple of hours, but in a week, I'll probably forget what the movie was about. Um, wasn't the case for this because uh, this is like the the first, I believe, it was the first um, a Marvel movie with a Asian lead um, mm-hmm. superhero. So uh, it's you know quite culturally significant. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely a certain formula that the Marvel Cinematic Universe employs, that, where I can see why the different movies would blend in if you're not particularly uh, interested or invested in in the different superhero characters. And I was also gonna say, man, uh, maybe the reason why you remember Black Panther so vividly is because you did a podcast with us way back in the day, episode <laughs> seven, right. man. That's right. And that's why you'll always remember
2: Shang-Chi
0: and the Legend of the Ten Rings because of this podcast. <laughs>
2: that might be true. That
0: night is night. an endorsement. That counts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you guys have anything else before we go into full spoilers?
0: No, I, I think we're good. I think we're uh Yeah, we're we're good to go. Jess?
2: Um, no, I, I think uh well I, I think to counterbalance uh what you both have said, I actually really like this movie. I just wanna reiterate and I, I'd recommend it for people to watch, especially uh if you're Asian American or, or, you know, anybody interested in uh, learning more about the culture. So um, definitely two thumbs up for me.
1: Nice. Yeah. I would, I would still recommend people watch this movie. I I would just, I just wish it were better. That's all. <laughs> it, it, again, I, I like this movie. I recommend it. I want people to check it out and there is a lot of worthwhile stuff that uh, viewers can take away from it. Um, so you know yeah i'll just leave it at that um okay so shall we go straight into full spoilers then gentlemen let's do it all right so you're on uh, from here on we're just gonna spoil the entire movie so if you if you're the type of listener that uh doesn't want to spoil the entire plot and the ending and whatnot uh maybe come back and and listen after you've had a chance to see the movie. So yeah, uh, with that said, Albert, what was the first thing that you wanted to spoil when we as we discussed this movie? Oh wow, uh, like man. I feel like we should probably talk about the thing that
0: you hated the most. The thing I think that's going to involve a spoiler. Well, I mean, now I'm kind of curious what you thought I hated the most. <laughs> uh, well, I, I will say that the things that jumped out at me initially, the things that were the loudest things, were probably the most superficial things. Um, Like, I will... Oh, oh man. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of on the spot here, because there's just... I don't even know where to begin. I, um, I was going to guess that the
1: thing that you really didn't like about the movie... Uh, I don't know if it's the thing you most disliked but i was gonna bring up talo the mystical oriental land that they yeah. end up uh, crossing over into like that was that was something that i personally didn't really like but i think yeah. after uh, you talked about it with me i've had a full-blown disdain for it yeah you know, after hearing uh you know your your perspective on it like you you sold me on why that was an even worse idea than
0: <laughs> i initially thought Okay, so I'll go into that. Uh, it's it's as good a starting point as any. And uh, so, throughout the first, I, I will I'll say this much: I was on board with the first half of the movie, even though there was uh there was definitely otherworldly elements of the film at the beginning when you had uh you know Tony Leung as I'm I'm just gonna refer to him as the Mandarin because I don't I'm bad with names, so I don't even remember the character's name. Wen, I think was his name. Wen yeah wen wu wen wu right okay we'll go with that so wen wu at the beginning you know he has these 10 rings of power and i was like okay that's there there's clearly something that's beyond um human that's going on in this section of the marvel cinematic universe in in shang chi's section of the marvel cinematic universe but up until probably the halfway point of the movie it was still pretty grounded in uh, you know, reality more or less, right? Like it was really more about his martial arts skill and uh, street level guys. But then the movie takes this turn where Shang Chi, where where it turns out that uh, Wen Wu, like his entire purpose for getting bringing his children back into the fold is so that they can help him to unleash. Uh, to, well, they can help him to find this city of this magic, mystical Asian city of Tao Lo, where there's this uh, barrier that he believes his wife is being held prisoner behind. His wife, who was murdered years earlier, and he believes it's it's either a gateway or a door to a realm that will bring her back to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and what ends up happening is, um, you know, Shang Chi and his sister—I forget his sister's name. Do you, what was do you guys? Shaolin. I you Shaolin. 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 <laughs> okay, Shaolin. Um, like they end up escaping this prison, and they they end up going to this, uh, you know, following this mystical path that takes them into this new land, and it just full on becomes this mystical like wonderland it's it's pretty starkly different from like what we were at least the way i viewed it it was pretty starkly different from where we were you know only minutes earlier in the film you know mm-hmm. there are like mystical creatures magical armor um all sorts of things and i just felt like all of that was a just dis- you know at ad- at its, at the very least, it was a distraction. At the very worst, it was—I don't want to say insult, but you, you know—you seemed pretty insulted. It, yeah. Well, I just—I guess I just didn't feel. So I—I I think the greater crime for me, and this, and I'll acknowledge this, like this is a case of me comparing Shang Chi, Shang Chi against himself and maybe it might not be fair but you know we mentioned earlier that we that in in a previous podcast podcast I had mentioned that shang Chi wasn't something that I necessarily had a lot of nostalgic feelings for because he wasn't even somewhere in someone a character that I had been aware of until years later mm-hmm. but I think yeah and and I can honestly say that in terms of uh, all the comics and stories that we have, Of him that have existed in the past, I'm. It's hard for me to say that any of those necessarily have any elements that are necessarily worth redeeming in it of themselves. So I wasn't super dead set on seeing a a movie that on seeing a movie that adapted those elements of his existing past. In fact, I like thinking about it. In since we've seen the movie, I, I was expecting. I think if they had created something new, even if uh, it wasn't uh, tied to the existing lore of Shang-Chi, if it had just been good, I would have been more than willing to overlook that. I could overlook the question of, well, what's at the found, what are core elements of Shang-Chi, and did this movie capture that, right? Mm -hmm. But I just felt like what we ended up getting with all the mystical elements. And this entire mystical world. The thing that bothered me about that was it just felt like it was and I understand that this is Disney doing what Disney does, but it just felt very much like they were taking the template from Black Panther and applying it to Shang-Chi. And that's yeah. that's what bugged me about it, you know, when I think about it in retrospect. Like I was telling you this yesterday when we were uh discussing it, but I remember Hearing from you know random people that there was discussion about how Shang Chi was supposed to be like Black Panther for Asian people, right? Like maybe that's reductive, but that mm-hmm. that's that's the general vibe of the conversation and the zeitgeist that I was feeling or hearing, right? That yeah, like Shang-Chi a movie that had a that level of cultural pop cultural impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right. But after watching the movie, I just really felt like oh, they didn't mean that. So when I first heard that, I thought they were being figurative, right? But after watching the movie, I was like, oh, they weren't, that's not really a figurative statement. That feels quite literal, actually, because, again, they they just, they took Shang-Chi, this street-level character who, and we mentioned this in last week's podcast, he was a street-level guy who was a secret agent who just, you know, used his hands to fight people. That was kind of the crux of his whole being. And Mm -hmm. again, I'm not saying that I was necessarily married to that idea, but I I think at least the idea of him being just a street-level dude was, at the very least, was what I was hoping for them to keep. And for them to elevate Shang-Chi to this point where, oh, he's got this entire mystical world, he's got mystical weapons. Like, the idea of shang Chi is the 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 tagline is the deadly hands of shang Chi, you know, and mm-hmm. it just I just feel like all that moves away from that, you know, and had they done a movie that didn't necessarily follow that line but didn't necessarily go in the direction that they did go to uh, they, that that they ultimately went towards, I I'm I'm still open-minded to have to to what that movie would have been, right? But I just know that this wasn't what I was hoping that it would be, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, with the parallels to Black Panther, it definitely does make Shang-Chi the movie sound a little bit more unoriginal just because Ta Lo is kind of like his Wakanda, right? And he has a sister, instead of vibranium, they've got dragon scales for their weapons and armor. So it's got a lot of the those similar kind of trappings even and even even the world that uh, that mystical world that the village inhabited was kind of this serene, beautiful location. I mean it would it would yeah. have been like a wonderland other than the gate to hell that they were protecting. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah. you call it.
0: Yeah. And I guess in terms of subtext, I guess that's what I would find if I am gonna be insulted by anything, it's it's that. It's that, you know, it almost feels like Shang-Chi didn't even get a chance to be his own character right it's that Mm -hmm. ultimately for you know for the sake of commercialism and for uh for whatever formula that they were deriving uh they just ended up going okay we have this character we and he has all this history but we're gonna treat him like a blank slate first of all and and we're just gonna you know since nobody really knows anything about him we're going to find a way to build. We're going to do more world building than he actually needs or than he should have. And we're going to try to, if you really stop and think about it, it's just really a means of marketing, like, toys and stuff, you know? Like, you yeah, know, like, like,
2: go ahead. When, when was that never the case, though? I, I think a lot of the criticisms that, that you've stated could be applied to almost any Marvel movie, right? It is like, It is like based on templates. Um, there's like you know drawn-out battle scenes at the end of all of these movies, and like I, I think I think if you were to apply uh, this uh, criticism to to this specific movie, it's only fair that. Uh, uh, we, we just, like, say it's the standard fare for just, like, Marvel um, in general or Disney in general. Um, I've kind of figured out my role in this podcast, and it's to be the foil to to all this negativity <laughs> for Shang-Chi. And um, I, for, for the listeners out there, I don't tend to interject. That's why you haven't heard me for, I don't know, how long has that been, like? 20 minutes Um, Albert's monologue (laughs) (laughs) but like one of the first things that you said Albert was like uh you didn't feel that Shang-Chi was uh really grounded in reality uh the film not not the, the movie and I'm wondering like maybe this is just like my ignorance but like what what Marvel uh movie within the cinematic universe has been grounded in reality
0: no, I acknowledge that. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a universe filled with flying people and all that. And uh you know, flying people, superpowers, I like I fully acknowledge that, right? But I and I mentioned this a little earlier, which was it's a case where I'm comparing Shang-Chi to himself in the sense that
2: himself as the comic book character.
0: Exactly, himself as mm-hmm. the comic book character and Again, I'll acknowledge that this might not be fair of me, but, uh, you know, for – the more I thought about it, the more I thought about the kind of Shang-Chi movie that I would have wanted to see. And from what I do know of him, if I was just to take, like, the most basic bare elements of him that existed in the comics, and if I was to say what kind of story would I want to see out out of that, I would have preferred – to see a street, a more street level story, right? Mm, like yeah. I, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that you can't have people with uh, abilities that are a little bit above human abilities, but it, it would still have enough of a grounding in reality that you can lose yourself in the in the fantasy that this could be real right so yeah so it's the idea that and and i'm i i talked to drew about this last week on the podcast and i i after watching the movie i'm i'm more convinced that it would have been the kind of shang chi story that i would have wanted to see which would have just been one 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 i would have wanted to see something simplified i i don't think i needed the the elements of the fantasy world I don't think I needed the asian mysticism like I think that's just beneath shang chi honestly um two I would have preferred something that probably focused well you know we mentioned earlier like or I mentioned earlier that um you know this is a martial arts movie right and I would have wanted something a film that highlighted more of that for shang chi right mm-hmm. uh it just i just wanted towards the end once it becomes that special effects galore uh you know with yeah a flying giant dragon and him using the rings and him using the the dragon scale staff like i really felt that that was just moving away from the point yeah. of shang chi you know it hey. should have i i I was telling Drew that I probably would have preferred something like if Quentin Tarantino, like, and and I like even saying it now, I realize that it's just something that they never would be able to do with Shang Chi that Disney would never let him do it. But if Quentin Tarantino had done a Shang Chi movie that was like Kill Bill, I would have been all about that. Like that would have probably been my preferred Shang Chi movie. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think.
2: Um, to your point about Talo, like, I completely agree. I, I don't, that's that's a portion of the movie that I enjoyed the least. I didn't think that, um, I, I thought they, they could have.
0: It wasn't necessary. It, if anything, it was a yeah. distraction.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it sounds like, uh, from what you're saying, is that you had these uh, expectations where they would uh, somehow move away from that Marvel formula. Um and uh, uh, go on, like, like you were saying, like the street level, like and like crime and gangster kind of movie. Uh, is that the the genre that you're talking about?
0: Yeah, I think I think that would have been more suited to his character, or more true to his character.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I think um, the the uh, the the difference. Here between you and I, and like how I perceive this, like I, I never, ex- I never wanted that because I, I never expected any of that to to actually happen because uh, you were you you both were talking about how you know people are, were saying that this would be the Black Panther moment for the Asian American community and uh, uh, that it wasn't just like figurative; it was also literal. I actually expected it to be literal. I expected it to. Follow the same template as Black Panther, and it really did. Um, so it didn't bother me as much um, that it went in that direction because um, this is exactly what I expected. This is exactly the, the the constraints that are applied by you know the the marketing arm of uh, Marvel and Disney, and you know the the shareholders that they have to please and all that. Um, I I kind of like took all of that and into consideration when building my expectations for this. Um, So like, I I was totally fine with, I mean, I'm not totally fine with all the formulaic stuff that they put into it, but I was able to push that aside and like really extract all the things I really liked about that and put that a bit higher. Um, So I, I think that's where I'm coming from. But I yeah. see, I understand um, what you're saying about uh, Talo, all the 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 you know formulas, formulations yeah. that they insert into the movie. I agree with that, but I, I didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't bother me as much. I think.
1: Yeah, I don't I know. Like, the, uh, another thing about Talo is not merely how it falls into the formula of the typical Marvel story, because I, I guess at this point when we watch a Marvel movie, we we know what to expect, too. Like, we know that the final battle, is it's always going to be, like, this long, drawn-out scene with a bunch of CG nonsense. And, and you know, it just kind of... That's usually where these movies kind of fall apart if they haven't built it up properly um, earlier in the story. But I think, for me, personally, like, I I just didn't like the idea of Ta Lo in Shang-Chi because... It's there's something, uh, just I don't know. I, I guess I just don't like magical lands when when it comes to, to, I guess a lot of characters, generally speaking. But it it really doesn't seem to fit the concept of of Shang Chi, and there's also, um, I guess in a way it it, it also kind of feels like a bit stereotypical. Where, yeah, there's just like this land of of magical Asian people who yeah are are they're all hella good at martial arts, and <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know there there's something about that that just it makes you wince <laughs> yeah it it makes me wince that I'll yeah. say that there's there's something just stereotypical about it that that kind of hurt me
0: I was gonna say like i i wasn't i don't think. I don't think I'm at that level where I would say that I was insulted by the idea of it. But when I think about something like that, this, it, it always takes me back to the trope of, um, movies that do films with the magical black man. Do you, are you guys aware of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like Bagger Vance or the green mile or whatever like a few years ago, they were talking about, um, not they, but like, uh, just, in 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 discourse there was discussion of the idea of how the trope of a magical black man it's it's a pretty bizarre trope right just and i i think this the idea of Asians that are good at kung fu automatically are elevated to this other level because it makes them wiser or more uh you know spiritual or more magical than you know normal people <laughs> yeah. because of it it's yeah
1: <sighs> that that's the thing that kind of irked me about the idea of talo the way it was depicted in the movie
0: yeah it's again i don't i think my feelings on it are are complex so i i, I don't know if i would say i'm actually insulted by it but i will definitely say it makes me wince and it makes me cringe a little at the thought of it,
1: yeah, yeah, maybe I'm not necessarily insulted by it, but it 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 just ends up being this element that overall i I can't say I liked it at all, like, yeah, I, I just wish that the story had taken place in the real world, like if they were gonna have a bunch of c g nonsense, I would have rather just had like a thousand martial artists fighting each other, uh you know, yeah, some. I don't know some battleground somewhere like that would have been uh, more acceptable to me than than watching Shang Chi and his sister surf on a dragon.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the the moment where he was riding on the back of a dragon, that that was kind of the moment where I threw my hands up in the theater. I was just <laughs> like, he's riding, he's like a treyu, he's like straight up riding a dragon. I don't know about this, <laughs> you know.
1: I'm surprised they didn't have him right on the cloud or something
0: um, yeah um, and you know i don't i don't i feel like by default, I've been pigeonholed into this position to be the guy that's crapping on this like i I recognize the cultural significance of this film, and I even appreciate some of those things you know um mm-hmm. like the the minor details that they put into it without having to um do a bunch of exposition like like you mentioned like i i noticed that too about you know the moment him putting on the shoes and not making a big deal out of it like i feel like a lot of comics would go into that moment and basically have the character do a speech or something about something so minor and it just kind of detracts away from the story so i i did appreciate moments like that um
2: yeah and i think this goes back to sort of like the different stages of representation that um Briz ahmed who's a actor in MC, came up with right so uh you're you both were talking about you know it's a stereotype that asian people know martial arts right and i i think that's true it came way back from you know when bruce lee was like the biggest star in the world and that's kind of like imprinted in um the zeitgeist but Stage one is kind of like that two-dimensional stereotype. Um, so it's it's like uh, um, if you know uh, you know it's, it is that you know uh, like straight up stereotypes like Asian people can't drive or like any other like stereotype that you could think of uh, for any minority. Um, and then as we progress to uh, another stage, which is stage two, which is more like uh, a subversive portrayal of that. So you could have that Asian who uh, doesn't know how to drive, but can speak English fluently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think um, um, this is kind of the level that we're at right now, right? Like with with Um, Shang-Chi, they're Asians. You know, if you see them in movies, they probably know martial arts for some reason, um, and this is, uh, you know, kind of like what we get here. But there's also all these little things that point out, like you know, it's it's not just that there's there's this whole other world of uh, nuance that that is provided with with that stereotype, right? There's um, uh, Aquafina who speaks perfect English and actually does not know how to speak Chinese. Um, she's ABC, American born Chinese, and there's uh, like that, that represents uh, another, you know, community that, that is underrepresented in films, right? Um, mm-hmm. There, there is, uh, you're, you're talking about um, how uh, shang Qi went to Aquafina's apartments, a family's apartment and uh, took off his shoes. Um, and that wasn't a big deal because you know that that's what Asians do, and um, you know showing non-Asians uh, that part of our culture, like oh okay, uh, that's that's one little thing that that gets uh, absorbed, um, and you know just just keep uh, that I, I keep finding like when when I was watching the movie that there's there's all little uh, a lot of these little nuggets here and there uh, that kind of, um, uh, was, was just for us. The, the Asian community, the Asian American community, uh, it was really nice. Like, um, uh, uh, what, what were some other ones? Um,
1: I think you mentioned, uh, Ronnie Chang's character.
2: Right, right. Ronnie Chang's character when they were in Macau, uh, they, um, when Aquafina. When he was greeting um, Shang-Chi and Aquafina, he spoke Mandarin, but um, Aquafina couldn't reply because she doesn't speak Mandarin. Um, but he was like, It's okay, I speak ABC too, which could be interpreted as, uh, for non-Asian uh, viewers, as like, Oh, ABC English alphabet. Oh, I get what that means. But for the Asian American community, ABC stands for Asian-born Chinese. Um, and that wasn't, you know, there was no, explanation for that um and i i think that was just for us for the community um did you mean american-born chinese oh sorry yeah Yeah. american-born chinese um and um when i I think a lot of that was presented when uh shang shang chi uh visited aquafina's apartment Mm -hmm. um and also like the core conflict uh of it was was kind of uh, alluded to too because I remember there was this one scene in the apartment where, um, uh, when they were discussing Qingming, right? Like, um, yeah. This, and, With and her grandfather. Exactly, yeah. and um, somebody said I I think oh I think Aquafina said uh, you know maybe it's time to move on from Grandpa, right? to to think about what's what's ahead and her mother said moving on is an american idea mm-hmm. um, and then the aquafina uh you know rebuts with don't forget you're american too so you're- a lot of a lot of these uh, generational conflicts and ideals and um way of thinking are it's just like some surmising that just that like small exchange, and I thought that was that was really nice. and it really you know, honed in on the experience that a lot of Asian Americans have as well,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. like that was some pretty subtle uh, meaning to convey th- through just a really brief scene, you know, like just little these little bits of dialogue say a lot. and I think I would have been. I would have wanted to see, you know, more of that. Like, I would, yeah. I would totally watch something where it was just them going about their their daily lives or something. Mm. Like that was the kind of stuff that that really that did was capture the fascinating my attention. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the stuff that you just mentioned, Justin. Like even even the thing uh, where when they were leaving her her family's house to go to work, and the the grandma asked asked them like, when are you gonna get married? You know, like like the, yeah. I, I feel like for 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 most people that that would be a weird thing to to ask the kids but but um i feel like in, in asian american culture that that's something that it's culturally you know, typical it's, it's pretty cu- culturally typical you know yeah. un, un, until you uh get to my age and then your parents just give up on you they don't even bother asking <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, this might this might be a tangent but uh that let that so- sink in
1: <laughs> <laughs> You like how Justin tried to play it off and
0: keep on going like everything was normal? No, we stare into the abyss on this podcast. <laughs> we don't just gloss that over.
2: I, I, <laughs> I haven't parody. given up on you, Drew. When are both of you going to get married?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to marry Albert. Why, why would you even ask that? I'll never I don't marry think Albert. To each other. Yeah. Okay. I didn't
2: mean, I didn't mean that. Okay. Uh, maybe after that, this that, podcast that
1: was is That wasn't the
2: question. <laughs> yeah. Maybe after this episode's over, we can talk about how you both met and how you thought. Uh, I mean, we, there's a whole story.
0: About
2: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, wanted to point out that... you the guy
0: who introduced Albert and me. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanna... really wish you guys would stop talking about it that way.
2: <laughs> 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 uh I wanted to uh, point out that the actor that played um, Aquafina's grandmother uh, is Sai Chen and she was in uh, Joy Luck Club, which was uh, a reference um, to you know, one of the first predominantly uh, Asian cast films. So I, I thought that was uh, a nice touch, even though I know that you have opinions on Joy Luck Club, Drew.
1: But... Yeah, I ain't down with Joy Luck Club. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. claim Amy 10.
0: Yeah. Okay. I would I would definitely say the same. <laughs> <laughs> but we are
1: not here to bury the Joy Luck Club. We are here to discuss Shang-Chi. So let us, could I, let could us I ask you something with our guess, Oh. No, go go ahead. Ask your question.
0: Well I guess I'm curious. Um, you know, listening to what you were saying about the things that are worth uplifting, and I do acknowledge that there are certainly things that are worth uplifting because
2: yeah.
0: of their cultural significance, but would you say that those things in and of themselves make it
2: Again,
0: maybe, you know, I'm trying to find guess, I'm trying to find the least hostile way to say this, but <laughs> <laughs> would you would you say that those things in and of themselves are enough for you to ignore the the other things the the things that you know might not be as culturally sensitive or the things that are hollow or well, you know
2: well what were some examples of things that weren't as culturally sensitive i mean we talked about talo but, but like what are some other things uh well i
0: guess the main one for me was still just Talo like and maybe that i'm just the dog that won't let go of that bone but um yeah i, I like i yeah I, Again, I I'm, I'm not I wouldn't say that this is this is a film that compares to, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's with like Char, you know, with a uh, Charlie Chan or whatever, any of those other like clearly yeah. racist and insulting stereotypes, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, there are still things there's still instances where the film can certainly be better or ideas that they could have tinkered with that maybe just weren't as refined as they could have been uh
2: yeah and i completely agree with that but I, I do think that aside from all the allusions to uh or references to uh asian american culture asian culture in general mm-hmm. i think um well one point that you brought up was you thought that the only purpose for Wen uh tony lung's character to bring his children back was to help him break what he assumed was his wife out of this 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 dungeon or this cage or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think it's a lot more nuanced than that because I think what his goal was was to bring that family dynamic together so before his wife passed away he was really happy and his children were a part of that they were a family Um, and his wife his wife's death kind of Brought back those like obsessive qualities that he possessed when he was like you know deep into crime as a warlord or whatnot and i think he just had like tunnel vision so like his character is like actually really complex and nuanced and i i thought that um was really interesting and i thought that played a big part in my enjoyment of the movie as well um i didn't think that you know he was just like a one-dimensional and his motivations were were multifaceted as well like like i said he really did love his children he just didn't know how to show it like many <laughs> many Asian parents yeah right and yeah. i think that yeah. that's a that's another parallel to um, that uh, cultural reference um,
0: i will say that Although it sounds, or it seems like there was a lot from, like, I, it seems like I'm just harping on the movie. But I, I guess, you know, for us, we, we spend a lot of time uplifting here things on this podcast and, you know, in, in general discussion. So I do feel like this is a pretty different tone for me to take. And just, again, like I said, just by default, it just feels like I'm naturally pigeonhole at the moment into being against it but i will say that the the family drama elements of the movie were one of the stronger elements that i actually did enjoy and i wish that more of the film had been more centered and focused around that sort of thing rather than the spectacle Yeah. yeah
2: and if you could like if you could think about it if we could just like throw away Talo, the the third act out of the movie, like what did you, did you actually, would you actually enjoy it or would, would it still be, you know, something that, that would, that had was filled with things that uh, bothered you?
0: Well, so me and Drew had this discussion, which was essentially what I was saying was that. You know, whether the purposes were marketing or whether they really bought into this idea, uh, into the, some of the ideas that they introduced in this film, like ultimately at the end, uh, what they did, at least in my opinion, was that they they did too much world building for him. And they gave him, they wanted to infuse him with all this extra uh, lore that I just didn't feel was necessary because and this goes back to my earlier point about how my ideal movie would have just been a more street level story about Shang-Chi, which is if they had just kept this, if they had just taken the basic premise of this story, which was his father is, you know, uh, the leader of a criminal organization who wants his son back in the fold. And it's a story about Shang-Chi dealing with that conflict of, uh, you know, being his father's son, but also, uh, you know, dealing with his own personal decision and choice to choose the path of good or whatever. Like, that story, that simplified story by itself is substantially more appealing to me than uh, the idea that his wife's soul is trapped behind a mystical gate in an magical ancient city Mm -hmm. where they're going to fight the invasion of giant demons (laughs) yeah but
2: isn't that the movie's story without the talo stuff essentially
0: uh yeah but that's not the story that we got i mean yeah but my original
2: question was like if we threw away that the talo stuff like would you would you enjoy it
0: I, it's hard for me <laughs> to, to, to say. Kind of trap
1: Albert and question that. Well, that's the thing. Wanted. It's
0: hard for me to say because that's not the story that we got, right? So, like, execution counts at the end of the day, and I, I want to believe that there's a universe that, that exists out there where if they had just stripped it, uh, stripped the story down to uh, something simpler, that I would enjoy it. But you know, based on the movie that we did get. It's hard for me to, to envision that universe or to envision you what that you don't movie like would have with like. These hypotheticals, do you? Um, you know, forty years of being alone, uh, it's kind of warped my imagination to the point where it's just a nub, and my capacity for imagination is almost non-existent. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to go back to something that Justin mentioned about uh, Tony Lung's character and how uh, as a father uh, the mandarin was someone who really did care about his children but just didn't didn't know how to express it. I mean obviously he ended up becoming he ended up reverting to the warlord criminal Guy that he was before he had met their mother, and yet um, when he tried to bring both uh, Shang and Shaoling uh, back into the into the fold, there was something about that that reminded me of the. It, it felt like a bit of a commentary on the Asian American experience, where the the parents have this kind of expectation that. Maybe they're not always able to um, vocalize it or or express it in a way that really makes sense to the to the children. Uh, and yeah, you know they've they've got something that they've just got a certain set of expectations for for their children and the, the children. You know they want to grow up and and be themselves and and have their own lives, especially because when we're thinking of Asian Americans and Shang-Chi in the movie had lived in America for a good number of years since he was in high school, uh, is what the film said. So he, you know, he's he's basically uh, living the way that he wanted to live, and and um, I, I liked seeing that conflict uh, play out, and it, it was just something it was. Was, was There's something just more uh, on the emotional spectrum of that where it, it felt like something that uh, any any Asian American and probably I'm sure like any other person too, you know, not regardless of background or ethnicity, but it's just this general concept of trying to search out for your, seek out your own identity um, apart from what your parents' expectations are. Um, you see that play out with Aquafina's character as well. Where she's doing stuff, uh, doing a job that her her mother isn't too impressed by, um, or I guess even even her brother uh, kind of gives her a hard time about it. But in a way, like she's still doing what she wants, and it's not like she's a you know a loser or anything. She just she's just doing a a job that isn't uh I guess on a superficial level isn't isn't what uh, she should be doing because she's got an education and she's doing something menial so i i feel like those elements were pretty interesting i kind of wish that the movie had kind of zeroed in on 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 those things especially uh it would have made a lot of sense to zero in on it with shang and and his father like i i definitely did like the flashback scenes to to show at the different ages of his youth uh, how he was relating uh, to his, his mother and his father. Um, and I, I guess that formed the emotional core of the movie. But it, it just felt like at the very end of the movie, that whole emotional core was kind of thrown aside so that they could ride dragons and, you know, shoot energy blasts at each other. And mm-hmm. and that's that's what I think hurts that hurts the overall story like that element of the story because it kind of cheapens the conflict you know like it it starts off as this conflict where it's it's emotions that the parent doesn't know how to express to the son but then at the very end it
0: just becomes them punching each other and and that's that's weird you know don't feel the need to punch something when you don't know how to express your emotions
2: uh probably not my father <laughs> <laughs> i will say though that the the fight between Shang-Chi and Wenwu um did try to attempt to that i don't know if it came through but like um the the transition of the the rings um um from Wenwu's when car- Wenwu to Shang-Chi um and how he was able to Take all that power, uh, but not uh, kill his father. And he threw the rings back on the on the floor on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how uh, um, when we picked those rings up um, to, to fight? I don't know what that that monster thing was that that bad thing, whatever it was called. The dweller in darkness. Yeah, the dweller in darkness. Oh, stupid name. But um, <laughs> when he was trying to fight it and so break there are free from things it.
0: about this movie you don't like <laughs> yeah
2: i mean of course i i did say that talo was like pretty dumb but um so when he was trying to break free um and i, I think there's this like realization from him though he didn't say anything you can kind of see it um on his face because tony lung if you didn't know is uh the actor that was um uh, in asia he's known as the the man who can speak with his eyes. So I'm looking at Tony Lung's eyes in the scene, and um, and what he's saying to me with his eyes is that uh, he he um, kind of admits that he made a mistake. That you know he realizes that he was wrong because that ugly bat monster wasn't his wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and uh, I think he expresses like that is a heck of sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think he um, you know is his expressions express uh, this this sense of remorse and for what he's done. And you know, Asian parents they never say sorry. But what he could do is transfer the the rings uh, to Shang-Chi. Um, That's so That's a good
1: point. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, but that that's a really good point. It, it's it's a good bit of subtle character acting. Because I'm not a cinephile, I, I, it was lost on me at the moment. <laughs> but I, I thank you for bringing it to my attention. So next time I watch the movie, I, I'm gonna pay more attention to his eyes. Sure. But no, yeah. no, I'm, no, for real though. Like that that's a good that's a good observation. Because the a lot of the emotions are conveyed through the body language and the acting. Um, yeah. So, it, like, even though there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue during their fight, yeah, what you sh- brought up that that definitely does add another dimension to the father son relationship. Yeah. Was there anything else that uh, you guys wanted to uh, speak about?
0: I did have other take other issues with the with. Oh the yeah, movie. Let's, <laughs> let's hear those issues, man. We gotta hear those issues,
1: Albert. Come on, come on.
0: Um, there were okay.
2: Oh, can geez. Can I Again. just? Maybe I can say what I hate about it since um, we're just making Albert say all the. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Sure. Shoot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I felt like this movie, uh, like uh, for the most part, uh, was trying to be its own thing, but couldn't break out of the template. Um, There was like. Formula. Yeah, the formula. Like the first uh, act, um, especially, it was like, oh, this is like I'm watching this like this is cool it's a little bit different um but then slowly you get um things sprinkled in like i I mentioned before it's kind of like product placement for uh, marvel so you have like wong fight the. uh i think you you mentioned that was the abomination that justin knows stuff dude he knows comics that (laughs) scene didn't need to be there at all it didn't um and then you have uh in the third act it was like full-on like marvel product placement all over the yeah. place, but like Ben Kingsley um, did not need to be there at all. I forgot what happened in Iron Man three. Um, yeah. I'm sure you all will explain it to me, but like, like his character was like so irrelevant. And I, I mean, he he was he good for like maybe two jokes. yeah, yeah. And like I said, he could have been easily replaced by a map. Like we didn't need a whole character there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there, that's what there's... my mom
0: often says to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be replaced by a map.
0: Yeah, like yeah. all of her problems would have been erased if I had just been a map. If yeah. you had just been a piece of paper, things <laughs> yeah, would have been much exactly. better for her.
2: <laughs> uh, go ahead. Man. Yeah, and, and of course the stingers uh, as well, like the post-credit scenes. Uh, those were. I and mean, it's probably not technically part of the movie, but um, those were those were not relevant at all. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: guessing for people that don't really follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those post credit scenes don't really mean a whole lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. pretty much every MCU movie has two scenes like that during the credits and one at the very end of the credits. And usually they're just there to... Make you interested in watching the next Marvel movie that they're gonna do. Yeah. That, that's really what that's there for, and I, I guess to give you that sense that, give you that reminder that it's a shared universe and uh, characters are gonna cross over. So they want people to anticipate those kind of uh, those kind of cameos.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little teaser slash commercial, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I guess I don't really hold that against them. I mean, there's so, some of, the first one I thought was actually pretty funny, like the the way that it ended with uh Wong taking them over to uh to the sanctum, I guess, and then at the end, they, the three of them ended up singing karaoke. Like <laughs> that yeah. feels like something that feels totally in character for the characters that they established in the movie. I don't know if if other people like karaoke, but I feel like every time I've been to a karaoke place, I always see only other Asian people there. (laughs) Like the only time I ever see white people doing karaoke is at a, at a bar or one of those places where it's kind of like an open mic and, and anybody can just, you wait in line and, and you You can do a crowd when it's your turn. Yeah. Do it for a crowd. But like those karaoke places where it's a room and then you get your own private area a private room and sing sing the songs that way on uh, looking at the tv like that i've only done that with asian people and mm. and every time i go to those places i only see other asians <laughs> so were those the only things that you really didn't like about the movie justin
2: uh that was the main thing i didn't really spend a lot of time trying to trying to list down the all the hate that i had for it um <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah, I, there were a couple of things that I I felt still I still felt the need to mention and they might just be uh superficial things but they still bugged me. I I don't know why. I I if anything I thought that that stuff might have bugged me more. <laughs> but there was something about just the way that they designed uh the 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 villains. Uh, not not necessarily their looks, but they were like they have these these hooked saber things. I, they're a very specific weapon, but I don't know what they're actually called. And over the course of the movie, they have these, like, they're futuristic because they have, like, shockers on them, right? And mm-hmm. the whole time I'm watching this, I'm just like, man, I, I don't know why they have these things, you It'd know? It would be
1: too violent if they could just slice off limbs. Yeah. They have to shock people to knock them yeah.
0: unconscious. It it sort of negates the the I yeah, it, it it just feel like, like it negates the point of the, the swords, right? They it might as you yeah. might as well have just been like shock sticks or something. This this um, is
2: another product of uh trying to get as many people to watch this movie as possible because this movie is really PG. I so that. I mean I thought it was PG thirteen. No, it's PG. Uh is so it? that's <laughs> the reason why
1: wow i did not know that i didn't know you could say the s word so many times in a pg movie
2: there there's a finite amount of
0: awesome that you can say uh, nice yeah. i'm gonna start saying that to kids as long as i keep <laughs> it under a certain number <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: i did not know that okay yeah i didn't realize this was pg either yeah that is you have shooken me oh
2: yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry I thought it was PG. I just checked. It's PG thirteen. I apologize. Oh, okay. You have
0: unshooken me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but to to um to address that same issue with the uh, the swords, like I, I think blood would have made it an R rated movie, right? So I
0: yeah, but they um, could cut them without. Again, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, a Quentin Tarantino film where you've just got geysers of blood or anything. I, and again, I admit this is purely a superficial thing, but it did irk me and there was a scene at the end of uh in the final battle uh when you know uh when Wu's army is you know quote unquote army uh is attacking the village where they come out and they have these um at first they look like crossbows, but you know it they just turned out to be they fired, uh, uh, like, bolos or something. It, it, so they weren't even meant to kill these people, uh, the, the villagers. These things were meant to incapacitate them and shock them, you know? And watching that scene, the whole time I'm just, like, thinking to myself, why don't they just have guns, you know? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I, I thought the same thing because he was – because when we was talking about how they were going to burn down the village or, or raise the village – to, the, to ashes so that they could free his wife and then they rolled up in those jeeps to the village and the first thing i thought was wait if he has all these resources how come he doesn't have some armored transport vehicles or something you know like yeah. i don't expect him to have a tank but wouldn't he have some bigger vehicles and if they were truly gonna destroy the village why wouldn't they use bombs or you know rocket launchers or why
0: are they holding back
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that yeah. That was strange to me. Instead, all of these guys that were going to destroy the village got out of the cars, and, you know, like gentlemen, they were they got out and prepared to have a, a fair fight with the yeah. other people they
0: were fighting. Yeah, and uh, it just made me think of the 90s Spider-Man animated series where, and even as a kid, I hated that show. Yeah, where, that wasn't good. Where, for some whatever reason every cop and every villain it just felt like everyone was just packing laser weapons because you know, again you know it's a pg show so they can't have guns or whatever but it it's something that takes you out of the moment when you're watching that scene yeah see,
1: and then that, and that reasoning also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because batman the animated series which was going on at the same time yeah those bad guys had actual guns and they it had wasn't tommy a guns there there's a way to there's a way to show real weaponry without yeah. having gratuitous violence yeah. yeah So
0: i think
2: I think the policy has changed over the years especially in the last couple of years in regards to gun violence so I, yeah. I do think that um we're we're going to see this trend of like not seeing as many guns in p g or p g thirteen
0: yeah so. even even if those things hadn't been uh if those you know, crossbows had actually fired actual arrows. That still would have made more sense to me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and yeah, and there were just other scenes where I just didn't think that they were. Uh, di- I didn't feel like they were di- uh, directed in a way that was especially strong. So, like you mentioned, the scene where he dries up, where Wenwu, who's supposedly this uh this criminal warlord who has control of this international organization at his reach for him to just show up and his army to be comprised of you know a handful of humvees and maybe like 50 soldiers it was it it was a little bit diminishing to watch that to watch that battle unfold if if i had to be perfectly honest How many soldiers do you think you should have had? I don't know. I just felt like they were trying to... They really wanted to capture something epic, something along the lines of, uh, you know, like Black Panther or, you know, Lord of the Rings, where you just had epic amounts of armies taking each other on, and I just didn't feel like that's what I was seeing, you know?
2: So you wanted more, like, things on a grander scale? On top of like the dragon fight, <laughs> the the other thing I would point out is like the, you know how they had to the the path to get to talo was through this uh forest moving forest maze thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I I I think that could have played in the the logistics of bringing it. That did occur to me army. where
0: maybe um, a bunch of them did die. <laughs> um, that's fair. i guess That's fair. I guess my stance would just be if you're gonna do it then. You know, I would have preferred that it be consistently big. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But that, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, but those are probably most of my major major gripes.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I had one pretty big gripe that we haven't discussed at all so far. Mm-hmm. But one thing I had a, a big problem with was the movie's portrayal of razor fist because they gave that <laughs> nice. dude a hand what the heck man razor that fist,
0: razor fist
1: <laughs> exactly razor fist is supposed to have two stumps at the end of his arms right like both of his arms are supposed to be bladed weapons so to give him a hand is a gross violation of everything yeah. that razor <laughs> fist stands for
2: I-, I think that was because <laughs> of uh uh Wen Wu's character. I, I don't think that uh two two razor razor fists would have worked under Tony Long. What do you mean? How come? is this, this isn't he like from my understanding isn't he like a like a a more uh comedic like a character serving Ooh, razor purposes? fist? Yeah, isn't that
1: what, you think it's funny to see a guy who has no hands and replaced his hands with swords
2: you think that's funny you
1: think I'm that's intentionally
2: funny? yeah like he did that intentionally <laughs> didn't he so I, I do think that is kind of funny one of the panels that i remember reading i think you showed me this drew was um uh like his kidnapping victims yelling out like how do you even use the toilet i yeah. thought that was funny yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs> Dude, that, that's the razor fist that I wanted to see. I wanted to see a guy who was so crazy, he was willing to have both of his hands amputated and replaced with swords.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would. Like, I want to totally... see him
1: drive his car with those swords yeah. for his hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, that would have undermined uh, Wenwu's uh, whole deal about being like uh, a proficient warlord.
1: If he had a guy that had. Replaced his hands with sword. <laughs> exactly. Another thing that, uh, or here's a thing that I really did like about the movie that we didn't really yeah, touch can on. can we about. talk
2: about things that we like? That that would be nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like that it, it took place in San Francisco, and it didn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't in Chinatown. You know, like they they showed a different part of San Francisco. Like they were showing Clement Street, dude. Like that's the place where we. We walk past those stores all the time when we go to the green apple when we're yeah. looking for comics yeah so it was like a real pleasure to see that on the screen even yeah. uh the muni scene even though the one california doesn't really go on that route and the, but that it's muni the bus, one california
2: yeah
1: yeah it, it was it was an actual line at least and that the muni bus was super clean inside and i think they did something to the seats to look different
2: yeah, there were uh, green seats instead of red, and I think that was to make uh chi pop because shang chi was wearing red, so
1: Oh yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, just visually it makes sense. They could have made him they could have kept the seats red and had him wear a green jacket.
0: How
2: about that was this? A <laughs> How
0: about this? What if he was shirtless in the scene, but his skin was orange?
1: Oof
0: <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> <laughs> Drew not like that, yeah, <laughs> but that would have been true to the character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been true to the to the racist comics that we don't like
0: <laughs> uh, and were, I, were you guys
1: pleased with how they uh, used San Francisco in this movie?
2: Oh yeah, that's no, great,
0: yeah, I thought it was a better depiction than most films where it's just when you watch uh how they designed San Francisco and this might be a thing that's just you know for us but usually it doesn't make sense whenever we watch a movie that uh takes place in San Francisco cuz it just feels like they just took the most scenic places and juxtaposed them against each other yeah to give you know to give it the best look but we know in our hearts that that ain't right and yeah this felt more true to what San Francisco's layout actually is.
2: Yeah, I think um, the one California, like uh, that whole scene, was took mostly took place mostly in uh, the Knob uh, Hill area, didn't it? Yeah, that was Knob Hill. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they filmed it there, but it looked realistic. Like those streets actually looked like the streets.
2: Yeah, like, they had the Broadway streets. Tunnel too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they had Shang Chi living in the Richmond District. Which makes yeah. a lot of sense too.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that was that was uh near the place of work, right? The firm out. So, I, mean, yeah. I think it all made sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the uh, bus line that he would be taking. Yep.
0: Justin, could I ask you something? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the director of the film?
2: Yeah, um, Destin Daniel Cretton um, directed. Like a film called *Short Turn 12*, which I really like. Um, that was the film that actually introduced me to Lakeith Stanfield um, and uh, really showcased Brie Larson too. So, it's a yeah, it's a great one. What, what would
0: you say are you know as as a as an observer of his directorial uh, work? Would you say what what I guess what kind of stories is he accustomed to telling? What is this mm. like his first action film or does he usually do action films or you know, I, I guess that's the context I'm trying to get.
2: Yeah, that is uh I believe that's his first action films. It's a small sample size for me because I've only seen Short Term Twelve, but he's only have has like he only has like three other movies that are full featured. hmm um, so the the most recent one, other than Shang Chi, is uh, Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan, which is like I a I did watch that. Yeah. yeah, that um, so was a good movie. I, I think his focus is more on like the the quiet indie dramas. Um, mm. so.
1: that would explain why those opening scenes of Shang Chi were so engaging. Because yeah, yeah, like the the character bits and yeah um, yeah I, I, I really liked that and actually after we watched the movie uh eric was telling me that uh brie larson has been in quite a few of his movies so it made sense for her to be at in the end uh, in the post credit scene for this one yeah. yeah
0: could i ask you guys what you thought of um the martial arts in the film like I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know too much about film production, so I don't know that uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, you know, had a huge hand in like fight choreography or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious what you guys' thoughts on the, uh, yeah, on on for a movie that's about kung fu. What did you think of the kung fu in this movie?
2: I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really shot well. Uh, the choreography was really good too. Uh, they hired a, a guy named Brad Allen who came out of uh, Jackie Chan's camp, um, mm-hmm. and he led the the stunt and choreo- choreography crew there. Um, what's also cool is that they had, you know, uh, the the staples of uh, the wuxia genre and like a, a kung fu genre, and um, Michelle Yeoh and Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this other actor um, in the Talo scenes uh, who was teaching, you know, Aquafina how to shoot a bow and arrow. His name is Wa Yuen and he's been in like 200 uh, movies, uh, kung fu movies. And he was like, I think he was part of like, got to start around like uh, the Bruce Lee era and in, in a couple of Bruce Lee movies uh, wow. working on the stunt team too. So he's yeah. been around for a while. Um, and of course, like Tony Lung like spent five years before the Grandmaster learning martial arts too. So, um, and then Simu Liu, of course, uh, has some skills. Oh,
0: I'm sure he had a solid weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, that was informative for me. You know, you you've enlightened me on um, some of the background. Regarding you know the, the the production of the film itself,
1: yeah I I did like a lot of the action scenes like the one that really stood out to me was probably the the muni fight mm. that one that one uh, I guess that was probably the kind of Shang-Chi that I had yeah. I would have wanted more of like that yeah. kind of yeah. you know just like almost like street fighting using whatever's in the environment. Uh, yeah. Kind of. I guess that is kind of like Jackie Chan, huh? Yeah. Like even, even that little scene, that little move where he uh, like punches the dude while he flips through his jacket and then puts it back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. That that was that that was probably a, a Jackie Chan kind of style stylistic thing. Um, yeah. That and was, then
2: that's taken directly from a uh, Jackie Drunken Chan. Movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. That was like a direct homage. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, that makes sense.
2: And uh, I don't know if uh, this was intentional or not, but like Old Boy, when you know that famous scene where, um, would they the do per- the long tra- tracking shot? Yeah, exactly. That was that was in the bus too. So, mm-hmm. when, as it? they were going through the Broadway tunnel. Yeah, it w- I, it wasn't as long, of course, but
0: yeah, was I was like, I don't remember really. a, a tracking scene that went on for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would ha- I would agree with Drew that. I, I I wish we had seen more of that kind of martial arts. Um. Even if we had gotten more of the
1: Wuxia kind of martial arts scenes, I, th- I think I would have been more interested in, in it visually speaking. Yeah. It, it, it was really that the final uh, battle where everything just devolves into a bunch of CG nonsense. You know, like everybody's just shooting stuff and throwing stuff and all this other stuff is happening while this stuff is happening. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just a bunch of stuff, is what yeah. it is. And and like that, again, that goes back to the to the Marvel formula. And yeah, I I, I do wish that they had um, broken out of the formula for for that. Like it it would have been more interesting to see just more martial arts kind of stuff, more yeah. more martial arts action um, shot in a more traditional
0: way for the genre. I mean, the thing is. I don't feel like if they had done a movie where it ended with just a straight-up martial art fight between Simu and Tony Leung. Like, I think that could have still been really enjoyable, you know? Oh, I don't yeah, think I would have loved to see that. That wouldn't. I don't think that would have rubbed against the grain of whatever formula so much that they would have been, you know, that they would have been, like, we are this is diametrically opposed to what we're trying to make here, you know. Yeah. Uh but they just I guess I want to say that they just kind of played it safe. Uh I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's They nice. got to
2: they got to saw those uh dragon plushies, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys like the cast generally speaking? Was there anyone who particularly stood out
0: besides Tony Long? Um, I wasn't, I I don't, I wasn't especially enamored of Aquafina's uh, comedy stylings early on, but Mm -hmm. I will say that as the film progressed and, you know, in the more quieter moments, in the more, uh, character-driven moments, I did enjoy her more, uh, than her initial, uh her initial uh introduction so there was that
2: um oh that's interesting um I do think that she tends to be typecasted in like that uh the funny sidekick role um, yeah way too often and um those scenes that you were talking about may have like subverted uh, some of that maybe she'll she'll do another uh movie that's like uh The Farewell
1: yeah. no yeah i I really did like the farewell I was pretty impressed uh with her acting in that movie
2: <laughs> I felt the opposite I thought she wasn't very good in that really uh, yeah uh counter count to uh you know all the praise that uh, she was getting for that. I thought the movie oh, okay. was great that was like a shot that was shot great. but that's <laughs> n- neither here or there
1: no yeah I, I I thought that her trying to be funny uh, that it, it kind of reminds me of like when I first someone told me about her, and i I looked her up on youtube and and checked out her music and I, I thought that was just like horrible. So the fact that she acted in a in a drama like the farewell, I think that was why I was impressed that she actually could act um as opposed to just be this silly, you know, vulgar joke kind of person. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I think in. In this movie in Shang-Chi like when she was just acting like a normal person in with her family and in, in that scene in the beginning that we talked about and even uh later in the movie uh when when she and and Shang-Chi had uh, a scene before the night before the battle in the village and he was talking to her about uh the lie that he had told her uh, about how he he had lied about not killing the man yeah. responsible for murdering his mother. Like I thought that was a good scene. Like it. Yeah. It it was a scene where I could believe that they were really good friends. You know, like they they truly cared for each other. So. Mm. I'll, yeah, but but again, I'm not a cinephile like Justin, so my eye for acting is not <laughs> quite as keen.
2: One scene that uh, I think we should also mention is the, uh, when both Aquafina and uh, Simu were on the airplane. Um, Oh, yeah. They were were talking about, you know, Simu was kind of like uh, filling her in on like what was going on, who he really is. Um, And part of that was his his name. Right. It's not actually Sean, it was Shang-Chi. And I think that kind of goes back to the Asian-American experience too. those of us who don't have a a westernized name um, and, you know, go with a Chinese name or um, any other name that's not English. People have a hard time pronouncing it, right like until you yeah. spell it right like it's uh it's it's hard for people to grasp like how how it's pronounced, so and even after you spell
1: a... it, it can still be tough <laughs> <with people. laughs> yeah exactly
2: um so yeah, I thought that was a nice uh touch and call out as well
1: yeah yeah that w- that was good, but the whole thing uh where they were dealing with the flighted the stewardess about their meal. I don't know there were a lot of jokes that felt kind of flat to me like I didn't think that was particularly funny um when they were when they ran out of chicken or or beef or whatever it was that they had run out of and yeah. i I feel like there was at least one or two other scenes that were supposed to be funny that fell flat mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. I th- oh I remember the other one I was thinking of it was when during the final battle when all the demon things are flying in the air and uh the village people are uh and they're they're still fighting the the assassins and they're like we have to work together and then razor fist says no we'll never work together and then he sees one of his friends get killed and he's like we gotta work together like i felt like that was supposed to be funny but i didn't think it was too funny yeah like there were just a lot of jokes that they didn't it didn't exactly make me cringe but they
0: didn't make me smile either it was the yeah. kind of joke that made me that could make me believe that this was a PG film.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh what did you all think about the 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 switching in language between Mandarin and English?
0: I actually thought that that was uh one of the positives of the film. I remember when we were discussing Black Widow, one of the things that we discussed was that uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, that Natalia Romanov and Yelena Belova don't really code switch, you know, or they don't really switch into Russian very often, and it would have felt more authentic if they had. And I do think that this film, by doing that, that shang Chi by doing that, did feel more authentic. I was more yeah. certainly more behind that aspect of the film.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I surprised about uh of the the volume how the volume of Mandarin in there i, yeah. I don't think there was any actual logic behind the switching right so yeah they
0: it didn't feel like they had to artificially generate some reason why they could only speak whatever language there was that one moment when tony lung
1: asked his son uh if he had been practicing his english Yeah. So I guess that explains why Shang Chi learned it in the first place, even though they were living in China or wherever, whatever exact place they were in. Yeah. Uh, So that 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 makes sense. Um, But yeah, I did I did like how they would go back and forth, and also even uh, that's those scenes that you guys were talking about earlier where. Uh, aquafina's character she doesn't speak it but she understands and and replies in in english when whenever she can like that that was definitely something that rings true for me
0: hmm. yeah yeah
2: I, I just find that stuff fascinating because ever since have you both seen the warrior uh, there's like a the tv show yeah the tv show
0: yeah and that's another thing that I would, I would point to where if they did a Shang-Chi movie, I probably would have wanted it to be more like Warrior.
2: Yeah, Warrior's great. And one of the things that makes it great is the the switching between Cantonese and English, too. And I, I think what's really cool about that is that um, uh, they recognize that for uh, some of the audience, uh, reading subtitles is like not a thing that they want to do. Um so what happens in Warrior is that if there is if there, there's a
0: transition moment, right?
2: Yeah, there's a transition moment. Um but the the rule is if there is a white person in the room, they would have like uh you know the, the accented English, like <laughs> broken English or uh they would speak in Cantonese. But if the white person is gone, they all just like speak perfect English with all the the slang and the yeah. the, the <laughs> rhythm and the vernacular. So I'm yeah, assuming
0: that's, that's because the understanding is that in those moments we're we as the viewer are supposed to understand that they're actually talking to each other.
2: Yeah. So in those they're moments they're
0: speaking other, Chinese yeah. to each other, but yeah, we're hearing yeah. it as English. Exactly. It's it's not that, oh, the white guy left the room. Let's talk, let's talk to each <laughs> <laughs> other something, you know. That's not, yeah, yeah. not that's not the case. Yeah, that's, okay. you know, it's it's a clever okay. like directorial technique that is good to uh to communicate or, or to to uh show that you know i i, I dig that
1: yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah that, that's a, that is a clever idea I, have there ever been any other shows or movies that have done that because that that sounds new to me like i i wonder why i can't think of anything else that's done it like that
0: yeah, uh, yeah, it was Kung Fu the legend. <laughs> Wait, they, what? Huh? They did don't that? Remember? No, I was kidding. <laughs> okay.
1: I, I thought you were talking about the uh, David Carradine I was. <laughs> because uh, He's a uh, fluent in Cantonese. But we no. were hearing him speak in English this whole time.
0: Uh, I think He was the primary example of how Westerners think Asian people are always either wiser because they talk so slow or just incapable of talking quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys have any final thoughts on the on the movie?
0: Um, I I'll, I'll say this much. In in spite of uh all my poo pooing of all my griping, I do think as a cultural uh I I I want to say like just just as a study, I I think it's it's something to check out. Uh, overall, I'd say in terms of. You know, my personal entertainment value. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more likely to say I'm, I'm agnostic to recommend it for, for that. But, yeah, that's that's where I stand.
2: Okay, okay. What about you, Justin? I think people should watch it. It's a great movie. You will have fun. You learn some things. If you're non-Asian, if you're Asian, then you'll find some things that that uh, are there just for you. Um, so, I would recommend it to anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. I f- I feel both of what you guys said is is those are things that I would stand by. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find the middle ground between there. Uh, you guys have stated what you've stated, and I agree with both of you. So maybe I'm the real agnostic, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh gosh Does I do must everything one... be
0: a pissing contest <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do have one final question um, and I, I don't know if this is something that you're going to care about at all Justin but if you have any thoughts feel free to to answer it too but I was going to ask where do you see these characters and, and plot threads going in the future
2: oh I, uh, I don't know I, I think the the biggest conflict has been resolved with um, Tony Lung's character's death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I think uh, the cynical me would probably be like, "Oh, you know, Simu's uh, Shanchi and Aquafina are just gonna be part of like the those movies where they they." Just bring everybody together like the Civil War, the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Um and that'll be that. Um I'm not I'm not sure like where where it goes from there as far as like a sequel or anything like that. Uh but if this does well, which it seems like uh, it is, I'm I'm sure Destin, Daniel Cretton, and Dave Callahan uh, will cook us with something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um I think I have the more fanboyish take on it, uh, you know, just just because of our DNA as you know, comic book fans. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the one of the uh, stingers at the end. Uh, it was a scene that showed. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, and uh Aquafina talking to Wong about uh, and talking to Wong and Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Uh and it was meant to be this small scene that was I guess a formal introduction for these characters into the grander, bigger Marvel cinematic universe, you know? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they introduced in it was that at the end of the film, um, Shang-Chi still had the Ten Rings and the Ten Rings weren't actually mystical artifacts in nature. They were talking about how they they had no, I, I guess they were, uh, what's the word, they were like anomalies. They, they weren't mystical because Wong had no uh, reference for them in any of his, you know codexes, codexes. Or whatever right yeah so and they also mentioned that in in closer observation of the ten rings it seemed that they were sending out some sort of beacon and for you know for those of you who uh aren't necessarily in the know what this is in reference to is at least as far as what i think it's in reference to a John Byrne story from the 90s called The Dragon Seed Saga. Um, I don't know if that was the first story that established that these rings were actually not mystical, but alien in nature. That uh, Wenwu slash the Mandarin had actually found them in a crashed spaceship, and the, the rings are actually... A uh, a command system for the spaceship, and the story that John Byrne did was called the Dragon Seed Saga, and it makes the connections to the Rings, to a race of aliens. I forget what they're called, but the the race of aliens are basically a race of Fin Fang Fooms, and if you're if you don't know comics, Fin Fang Foom is is a giant kaiju-like dragon that exists in the Marvel universe, and he wears purple pants. And he wears purple pants for some reason. I forget what the what their race is actually called in the series. I'm looking it up now. Uh, I just watched the video uh, video on this the other day. Uh, K- K- Kakarunthara, I think is what they're called. Oh no, the planet is known. Yeah, well I don't even know, man. But, but. <laughs> it was a John Byrne story, so who really cares? Yeah, he he not good.
2: <laughs> More dragons? I can't I can't take it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you they're doubling down on dragons, but they're not just dragons now, they're alien dragons. That it makes pants. it all better. Yeah. Does it? Does no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I will did say you? that when I was a kid, I did enjoy the the Dragon Seed saga just because it was cool watching Iron Man fight giant dragons. <laughs> yeah, but kids eat paste. Yeah, some adults eat paste. True that. Some adults eat ivermectin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we forgot to uh, mention how those rings in the movie are more like bracelets. Did that? Yeah. Did that irk you at all, Albert?
0: Yeah, it did. I, I didn't want to mention it because I spent so much of the podcast uh, uh, just, you know, talking about the negative things. So I was going to leave it, but in my mind, that's not that's not the Mandarin. Uh, or at least, I, I still think Tony Leung is great, but those bracelets and how they uh, exhibited their powers was not preferable to me. I I prefer the the version of the Mandarin that we have in comics where he actually has 10 rings of power. Yeah, on each finger. Each ring, yeah, and each ring has a different power set. Mhm. That mm-hmm. was that's something that I grew up with, that's something that I stand behind and that's just something that I had more fun with. Yeah, understandable. Yeah.
1: What about the final uh, end credit scene where you see Shao taking over her father's empire. Like, do you think there's anything more that they can do with with
0: her story in a future installment? I'm sure I, they will. I don't. I don't really know what though. What were you gonna say, Jess?
2: I was gonna say that just seems like a, a Disney's plus spinoff, like a show or something like that. Um, mm. if this does really well, that I don't know. I I, I can't see it being like a big big
0: thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be a storyline for any sequels, right? Yeah,
1: they're going to need a bunch of assassins to fight these space dragons. Mm. So she's going to bring the army of 50 people, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I just checked it. Fin Fang Foom is part of the race known as the McLuhan's. Well, that was not worth it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that's about it. We can wrap things up. This is Between the Gutters. Thanks for listening. Justin, you want to point people to where they can find you or find WOW online?
2: Yeah, you can uh, visit us at our website, uh, wahw.org. Um, and right now, there's nothing much but our mission statement. But there's also a link to our Instagram page where we post uh, semi-frequently about, you know, Asian artists and storytellers there so check us out
0: sounds good if you guys have any uh comments or questions regarding this episode about shang chi or you know if you have your own hot takes you know don't forget to hit us up on between the gutters podcast at gmail.com peace out Justin.
2: Yeah. Yesterday
0: before the movie started, uh-huh. you told me that you had a hot take on Chloe Zhao, the new dire- the director of the upcoming oh. Eternals film. I'm yeah. kind of curious what is your
2: hot take? My hot take uh, is that the Academy award-winning director Chloe Zhao isn't all that great. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, that is dismissive. <laughs> well,
2: I, maybe maybe that was too hard. Uh, too harsh. You're learning uh,
1: from I, Albert, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> um, no, her movies are um, are okay, or maybe even good, but I, I don't think that uh, they deserve as much praise as they they're getting. So I've seen the writer and uh, nomadland Um, i haven't seen her first feature Um, but i I think my point of view is that her movies are not very opinionated um, and they get a lot of interest because of the the style of filmmaking she she does so it's if you haven't seen uh, her movies it's kind of like a mix between documentary documentary filmmaking and uh, narrative fiction. So she'll have like um, for instance, in the writer, and nobody there is a professional actor. Um, same for Nomadland uh, aside from uh, Francis McDormand, but um, she gives them uh, you know, she she employs them. They're, they play parts that are uh, closely related to who they are in real life um gives them lines and for me it's a it's a huge distraction because of their s- skill level in acting um it's not very high it's 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 really distracting from the story that she's trying to tell but the story isn't like even well defined either so um and then i, I mean uh, i can keep going on and on uh, feel free to please stop do
0: me, please do Uh, I want to hear you be negative about
2: something (laughs) and uh, the direction isn't all that uh, um, inspiring either Um, I think that a lot of like Nomadland for instance like I could say like maybe 75 percent of the shots are just like following shots Uh, the camera follows Francis McDormand and it's backlit and there's like really nice scenery and it's It's picturesque and beautiful, but um, that's it. like there's there's there I, I don't know how to derive anything else besides like the aesthetics um, from a lot of those shots. Um, so I, I think I, I think the fear is like you know, like all the recognition that she's getting and that I know that um, she's working on something totally different from what she's done and like the the eternals. Um, but my fear is that in a couple of years' time, people will start to realize that uh, she isn't that great of a director, uh, and you know all of the the compliments uh, the compliments that she's she's had for um, you know awards wise or like paving the way for Asian Americans, women directors, filmmakers um, in in that you know director seat. Uh, is just gonna just gonna disappear um uh, because i i think a lot of the the trailblazing that she has done is is really important and significant um so i hope i'm wrong and i hope if i if i do rewatch those films that then i'll think they're they're amazing and they're great but realistically i i don't i don't see that um but yeah that that's my hot take ask me more questions
1: do you think with Eternals, as she's because she's worked with a bunch of professional actors for this one, do you think it could be better than what you've seen from her in the past, just because of the level of acting?
2: Yeah, I am actually really excited to see like what she does here because uh, she definitely has like a taste for like what looks good. Um, the acting's gonna help a bit. Like I like like I said, it was just like so distracting watching the writer and seeing how people were really awful at delivering their lines and like um I, I think the best parts so this is the thing right like I I think she was doing that uh for authenticity right you know a mm-hmm. bunch of things uh, aside like I think she she employed these non-actors to to make the movie look more realistic but actually did the opposite for me because it, it took it, you out of it. it took me out of it yeah uh, so if she was she had a cast of all professional actors and they the cast is like phenomenal they they have like a bunch of good actors there, so yeah, I'm excited to see what she does with it. I'll definitely watch it
1: okay, okay. We may have to watch that one with you too, then yeah. <laughs>